All right, we're going to get started here. Wednesday night is, uh, theoretically, it is a prayer night. Now, uh, there's so many ways we could frame that up in terms of what kind of prayer. Uh, But here's the, uh, I'm trying to think of the analogy, but whenever somebody's responsible or being called to help others, but they're not healthy themselves, whether it's a doctor or a psychologist or somebody that says, well, you need you need to be healthy in, before you can help others, you know. And so that's why on the planes, when there's an emergency, they say, put your mask on first before you attempt to put the mask on somebody else. And so while we're praying for our region, while we're praying for our government, while we're praying for other believers, the first order of business that God always brings us to, not as a focus necessarily, but the first effect is that we get edified. So it says when you pray in an unknown tongue, he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now we also know that there's there's intercessions according to the will of God that could be touching far-reaching things, right? It could be touching Egypt, could be touching Ottawa, could be touching, you know, uh, the church across the street could be touching immediate friends because when we pray in an unknown tongue, we don't know how to pray ourselves, but we pray uh, with groanings too deep for words. And when we're praying in tongues, we're praying things we don't understand. That's why it says we pray with our understanding and we pray in the Spirit. Now, the effect of praying in the Spirit, he says, is that he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That was the first thing I learned as a believer that has actually brought me to this place of prayer. And what made me enthusiastic about prayer is that no matter what my condition, no matter what my emotional condition, no matter whether I was succeeding or failing in life in general, or what kind of crises were looming in front of me, I discovered that the power of edification I would move from a mindset that was focused on my problems to a mindset that was aware of all the solutions that God might bring, or at least, at the very least, his overwhelming ability to solve them all. And and that's the first step. That's the first shift that you want. That's why we pray in tongues, is because we want... uh, So, A, we want to be edified, and then the second thing is, if we want to start praying according to the will of God, we have to be spirit-led. If I'm going to pray in English, I don't want to just pray, you know, various and sundry affairs that might be or on the mind of God or not. I want to pray what's important to God. And so being led of the Spirit is very important. So uh, to that end, Murray has some dynamic and wonderful things to share. So the last few weeks, I've been uh, really struggling with a, a depression, a heaviness uh, that was coming over me that was uh, very debilitating. I guess I c- it wouldn't allow me to function. Um, it would. I wouldn't want to be around people. I uh, couldn't think clearly on the things that were in front of me. And so mentally, I went to all the training that I have learned and trying to think logically of how to work that out. And uh, so, um, you know, praying through that thing, through my mind and through my understanding, um, 
I could gain a little bit of ground, but not for very long. And so um, Mark asked me to go for a drive to uh, Vegreville. And who doesn't want to go to Vegreville once in a while? Right? And uh, yeah, so I'm not sure why I said yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've done this a few times where, where he asks and I just say yes, and I don't even know what I'm getting into or <laughs> What we're doing, so, but uh, I, I went even though, like I said, I, I really wasn't into being around people. There was a, I missed some Wednesdays because I just I couldn't generate myself uh, to be here, and uh, and people asked, you know, why didn't you call me? It's like, well, I mean, the main thing was I didn't want to be around people, so <laughs> not sure why I'd called you, but we're through that, right? We're okay. Good, 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 good. Um, and so on the drive, uh, we were talking about this, and uh, and Mark just said, you know, let's just let's just pray in tongues. Let's just pray in tongues. Let's just go, 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 and pray in tongues, and and just see what 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 we can get to. What what this unknown tongue will do. Um, like you said, it it fights battles that we don't even know that it fights because we don't even understand the language at times. And so we're driving along, and and um, you can you can feel that there was a breakthrough at one point, and and even a breakthrough so that um, it wasn't just about me, which is what I felt before. It wasn't just me that there was a heaviness that was more than just me. But I know I had a a bent towards depression on my own, but pushing through that. Um, there was a breakthrough at a point where it felt like uh, we were we were plowing the road. And the reference was, I had seen a snowplow, but it was also the reference of an aeronautic reference where fighters will, will clear the road when a bomber is coming behind. It'll clear the road for the payload that's coming. It'll clear the road for those who are behind and make a way for, for others. And even to the point where I even had the thought of the, of the draft that you get from pulling in behind somebody that's moving that it becomes even easier for those who are coming behind. It clears away so that they don't even need as much energy or strength to break through that same thing that you're breaking through. And so it was so it was so great of a breakthrough that, you know, I haven't had I haven't I haven't been depressed since then. I haven't had that heaviness come. And and so now I have this I have this key of, of I need to stay in tongues. I need to press through in that. I need to I need to believe and trust that it does break through those things, that it does, it does break down walls that I don't even know, uh, and, and maybe not even for today or, you know, or for myself. It's just something that, that it's such a great tool. So That was a better testimony than I thought. Um, hallelujah. But, I mean, I mean many people... Many people struggle with depression, and sometimes we're just down because circumstances are negative. You know, there's actual encumbrances. There's barriers. There's mountains in front of us. Uh, God has an answer for both of them. Whether the, uh, the depression and the heaviness has a, has, a, has a source or whether it doesn't have a visible source, um, God has an answer. So I'm happy to hear that it broke last Saturday. Today's Wednesday, and he hasn't felt it since then. It is, it is a key. 
It is a key. Now, you may be thinking, uh, because here's what happens, is, is when you're a young Christian and you're just getting past your own stuff, when you start to get past your stuff, God actually takes other people's stuff and puts it on you. And that's what it means to be a weight bearer or a burden bearer or a leader in the body of Christ, is God takes what others can't handle and somehow transfers that so that you pray it through for them. <laughs> Somebody's phone was ringing. You know, Satan calling, trying to distract us. <laughs> and so, and so uh, you know, sometimes we need to realize that, that it's not even just us. That a part of being a body is you start to share one another's burdens. And that's not just noticing a need and meeting it. God, by his Holy Spirit, distributes burdens to those that can handle it. So that what others can't handle, where they can't even get up in the morning, where they can't even face the day, God will take some of them, their stuff, and put it on you. And, uh, and so you don't have to know whether it's your stuff or somebody else's stuff. The point is God wants you to be able to carry more and more and more weight. And to the point where there's nothing the enemy can throw at us or a group of people that we have capacity to bear more weight than the enemy could possibly throw against us in our community. And uh, then we can really start to move and make things happening. Amen? So, Father, as we begin to uh, enter your presence today, Lord, we thank you that you have given us weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Lord, that you have given us, Lord, an ability to know the power that is already at work within us. So we pray, even as we pray in tongues tonight, and as we worship, and as we draw near to you, Father, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we will know, that we will know, that we will taste and see mm, that you are good and will experience the power of edification. But You know, I want to draw a line over to something that's natural. Have you ever heard yourself sigh? Have you heard somebody next to you sigh? What is a sigh? What is the practical benefit of a sigh? It's actually an unloading. It's an offloading. It is a man of it's like it's an emotional kind of release valve of of heaviness. And uh, it's a natural version of what you have in in the area of spiritual groans. We may know how to sigh. But we never learned how to sigh except we had burdens that we couldn't handle. And we just found ourselves, <sighs> and uh, spiritually, there is a capacity to offload, to break through, to lift burdens. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask not only for ourselves, but for this whole community, a revolution of intercession, a revolution of prayer. That, God, that you could put upon us the churches of Parkland County and Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, the ability to break through for nations, the ability to break through for cities, the ability, Lord, to offload the weight 
of demonic attacks on people across the globe. God, that here in this place, Lord, you can establish a central command center for spiritual action. Father, without even leaving the building, Lord, we can affect cities and nations and places because there's no time and space with you. God has ears for every single one of us to pray. We don't have to pray in a linear way. Release your sound. Release your sound. Don't don't wait, you know, for a, a tune or anything to stimulate you. Lord, we want to step into the gap. Holy Spirit, lead us tonight. But also remember, your your spirit is subject to the prophet. Like your spirit is subject to you. You don't have to wait to be led. You stir your own spirit by praying in tongues. You edify yourself. It says in Colossians, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And we just want to declare tonight that all the ups and downs of our emotional life and all the ups and downs of our optimism and the swinging pendulum from optimism to pessimism is a construct of the soul that's touching the earth. And we stimulate ourselves and we swoop up, but we're called to live up, live up, to be connected to the victory that is already complete. To, to, it's not a pretend the earth doesn't exist. It's just an awareness of the reality that dominates. The, the reality where there is no time. That the victory is already won where Christ was crucified before the foundation of the earth. So despite the fact that the fall happened after that, it was already fixed. It was already a repair. So the, the Godhead was not disillusioned. The Godhead was not thrown into turmoil. We're not emotionally vexed because the solution was already finished. Christ had died and risen before the foundation of the earth. And what, what we have is in heaven, where we, if we can set our mind in heaven, if we can connect to what's in heaven, then nothing that happens on earth will surprise us or, or shock us or discourage us because It's already happened, and the victory's already won. We're already past that. So, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, in a real way, Lord, that we could set our minds on things above. Lord, and this is is what you give us, Lord, to come up, to come up, to come up higher. So, in the name of Jesus, we say to our minds, be attached to the... Life of the Spirit like a balloon that floats higher and higher and higher. Come up. Come up. Come up in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we sever all the anchors, all the things that would drag us down, all the events, all the attachments to our emotions and our feelings. And Lord, we say in the name of Jesus, come under. Come under the authority of the risen Christ. So last week I had shared about the excavation that I saw, like the big, deep dugout, right here, right here in this section, and the big girders coming down into it. And I feel like the Lord is just so 
there's just like a wavering in our spirit. Whether this is real. I feel, you know, it, it can be just me, but I feel like he wants us to know that it's, it is the eternal building. Like Della just brought, that his word is the, the eternal factor that we build on. But there is a real anointing. I feel like there's a builder anointing here where God says, I've dug you deep. I've dug deep into you and I can put in these girders of truth and we need to take it to heart. And he is building. He's building up. It's us. It's, we are the building. We know this. We've been saying this. But it's just such a revelation. And I just, we've been praying for a man in business and it's been about a two-year battle. And I could feel, you can feel the, the resistance. You can feel the heart sinking. His business is falling apart. But last week as we prayed... And he's being brought, he's being brought to know the Lord by the Spirit in the process of this. But as we prayed, I felt like the power of the spirit of the world that was coming against him, the fear of man, the pride of life, I saw it moving back off of him. And I saw the Lord say, you know, I'm bringing him out. I'm bringing him out to know me, to stand by faith. And my own journey, my own journey is that's like years. But Lord, today I want to say that I agree with you. I agree with you, Lord, that you can do exceedingly abundantly above what I think. And my, my sufficiency is from you. I agree with you, Lord, on earth. Your word is forever settled in heaven, but I agree on earth, Lord. I agree with your word, though I do not yet see, but we agree, Lord. I yoke with you. I take your yoke as easy because you have done it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for lifting the doubt and the fears off our minds. I've tasted and I've seen, Lord. I've tasted and I've seen enough of it. And I declare that I believe. I believe, Lord. So just a couple of things as we're closing. When Darlene came up, I, I asked her, because I was going to share some things to close, but I asked her, what do you feel? Or what do you want to say? And she said a statement which she didn't say up here. So I'm going to say it for her. She, she said I, she feels like the Spirit of God is asking us the question, do you really want to build by the Spirit? And that's the question that I felt hanging over us the whole day. Now, we respond academically, and we say, of course. (laughs) Right? But it's a question of values in our heart. This is the issue. And as we've been talking about the two trees, the problem we have is that which is born of the Spirit and that which is born of the knowledge of good compete for our affection and uh, try to sell us their value. And we can't go to the Spirit exclusively unless we're completely convinced that that which is built by the flesh of man, by the strength of man, that looks good, is of absolutely no value. You won't go to the Spirit Because going to the Spirit takes the death of the flesh 
And, and building, building by, out of the good of the flesh is easy to do. So that's always the default. And so when push comes to shove, we can say, oh yeah, we want the things of the Spirit, but we'll always lean towards doing things in the flesh that are good. And it produces death. And uh, this, is the, this is the challenge continuously. So it's not an academic question because we know the answer. It's, it's a functional life question. It comes down to what are you willing to do minute by minute every day? And, uh, and so let me just put a value on this for us. Jesus said this. He said, the, the words that I speak are spirit and life. The flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing at all. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. He's giving us a, a plumb line. There was another scripture I was going to share. I can't remember what it is. I'll probably come along. And he's, he's saying, listen, I am looking for a people who are spirit people. The sons of God aren't just the ones who said, Lord, come into my heart. It says there are the ones who are led by the Spirit of God. They're constantly manifesting the Spirit. That's the, de- the definition of the sons and daughters of God. Not just that we name the name of Christ. The evidence is that we're always bringing forth from the Spirit. And, and, uh, and the difference is what I was talking about last week, is that the enemy always has an answer for good flesh. He has no answer for the Spirit. And so what God's trying to do in our lives is get us to the place where we don't value good Christian thoughts. We only value revelation. Let me say that again. Chad, I need you to go sit down. Come on, buddy. Okay, we'll go. I, I, I need you to not distract anybody right now. This is really important. What did I just say? We, which is, we can't value good Christian thinking. Revelation. Revelation. That which is born of God overcomes the world. What Paul prayed for the believers, not that you just get good biblical thoughts, but that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened to see the power that's at work in the things of the Spirit. Until then, we're going to be stuck doing good things without the power of the Spirit. And we'll never know the difference. And so... Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, and I I have said it again and again and again and again. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. We come to a meeting like this, and it's not this meeting, it's every meeting, every meeting I've ever been to, especially with leaders. You come into a meeting, and everybody already has the idea of what they want to do and what they want to say. And, And the leader's especially because we're allowed to say whatever we want, never learn to lay down what it is they think they, they want to do because they think it's expected of them to always know what to do. And so what happens is we sit and we wait until something along the theme of what we want to do comes up and then we feel justified in going to the mic. And God is saying, Let, no, get into the Spirit. Get to the place where the Spirit is dominating your thinking. Well, how do I get there? The Bible says the tongue is a rudder, and the tongue directs you where you're going to go. 
So what you do with your tongue will determine where you end up. And that's why when we pray in tongues, until we get into revelation, until those higher thoughts start hitting us, and, you know, and oftentimes we come, and again, I understand this. You had a hard week and you want to get ministered to by an atmosphere. And sometimes we need that. But most times we need to direct our tongues and let our tongues take us to that place and not let just pulled along reluctantly with the crowd. You, you hear what I'm saying? Churches that get pulled along reluctantly with the crowd, you'll have 10% of them going in the spirit, 90% of them sucking off those 10 How do we grow? We get 100% of us going into the Spirit. Then God will give us another 90% to add to that 100%. And that's how we grow. But it's a, there's an experience. There's an experience that you can have that causes you to transcend normal good thinking. Of course, bad thinking, but normal good thinking. Normal good feelings. Normal good motivation. There is a level of the Spirit of God available, and it's just pining. God is, God, is, uh, God is yearning to pour it out on a group of people. And I feel we're coming to a threshold. If the people that are my people will not grab a hold of this, it's going to spill out. And you watch the people that are in the streets now, that are doing drugs now, that are uh, homosexuals and prostitutes and sinners, they are going to run with this and they are going to eclipse the present church in their ability to walk in the Spirit. Even though they're not nearly as morally good as you right now, the, the power of the Spirit will cause a whole new level. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. And so, uh, whatever objections there are in our minds, whatever passivity, whatever, your tongue is the rudder. And oftentimes, we'll be here, and, and we let our minds wander, you know, to whatever. Your tongue, what you do with your tongue when you're here, will determine where you end up. You may end up getting a good feeling or a revelation or something by by just being in the room. That's because there is an atmosphere. But God has so much more for every one of us. And uh, I, 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 wished I, I wished our minds had a little screen so I could have videoed all the screens in the room. Because for the first 45 minutes, it was just all over the place. Everybody thinking about their life and different things and is crazy. We could, we could, we could, and, and, and again, why is this so important? What she said about building in the spirit, you can't just have one man of the spirit and everybody else support them. It doesn't work and I refuse to be that person. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not because I don't want to lead, but that doesn't work. That guy dies, and I don't want to be that guy. Does that make sense? And the Lord, I feel, is not letting us follow that thing, that man-centered, leader-centered thing. He wants a people. He wants a people to rise up. So, Father, I pray, as Paul prayed, that the spirit of revelation would hit us, God, to, to the absolute abundance 
of what is available in our, in our spirits, inside of us already. God, the absolute oceans of power that are there, the oceans of revelation and encouragement and, and life, the genius, the everything that's there, it's, it's magnificent, God. And we're barely touching our toes into it. Lord, we want to be a church that just plunges in. So God, I pray in Jesus' name for grace. Amen. I know some, there's some crisis here in the room, right? There's life issues. And I know how absorbing those things can be. But our victor, you can't work it out by thinking on those things. Right? You can't fix any of those things by thinking about them. You know, that's what Jesus said. Listen, which of you can add a, 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 a cubit to their stature? Right? So if you're short, don't be thinking about it. <laughs> if you got no money, don't be thinking about it. You thinking about that is not going to add $1 to your bank account. Come up. Come up. Come up. That's the prescription for victory. So, thanks, Darlene. The question, do we want to build by the Spirit? Of course we do. So let's do it. So, Father, this week, make us a people who, with our tongues, direct ourselves into the Spirit with regularity as no other week before this day. Lord, and may we begin to experience the revelation, the words, the exhortation, the knowledge, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit for others around us, the uh, problem-fixing strategies at work, the favor, everything that goes with that this week in Jesus' name. Amen.